Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 18 of Revelation chapter 14, and we'll be looking at Revelation 14 verses 8 and 9. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. I'm going to actually have to read verse 10 just so we don't leave that verse hanging. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And I'll stop reading there. Now we've been talking about Babylon's fall, and God gives the reason, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And we saw in Revelation chapter 17 that that uh, God identifies Babylon as the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, he he says uh, in verse 2 of Revelation 17, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And we, we also saw that um, in verse 5, God gives a title to Babylon. He says, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Babylon is not just a harlot, but the mother of harlots. And, and so she, um, is from the very beginning. She is the harlot, the first harlot that entered into the world after the fall of mankind into sin. Spiritually speaking, God traces the the beginning of the kingdom of Satan, Babylon, back to that point when uh, Eve ate of the fruit and then Adam, and, and they died spiritually in their soul, and Satan's kingdom was formed. Darkness then entered the world, and all men were born into darkness, born in sin, conceived in sin, and born speaking lies, and all became a part of the kingdom of Satan, unless God uh, did a work of grace and bestowed mercy on someone, as he did occasionally in the Old Testament, um, as with Abel or Noah and so forth, a few individuals that would be translated out of that kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son, just like um, at any point in history, salvation has always been the same. 
That's why the Lord says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Some theologians miss that. They they actually think that Israel was under a different dispensation and and through their their works of offering sacrifice they they were able to get right with God, but of course that's abominable to God. That's never been the case in any dispensation, in any age. Mankind is never justified by the works of the law. It has always been a gospel of grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And so uh, whoever God saved in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, they were taken out of Satan's kingdom. and But the rest remain in that kingdom. It, it was the beginning kingdom of Satan, and then, of course, the world multiplied, the, the people multiplied, the nations multiplied, Satan's kingdom multiplied. And, and that was the original harlot, Babylon. What, what Babylon represents is that initial kingdom of Satan. Now, we we read again in Isaiah chapter 1, and we quickly read this uh, last time. In Isaiah 1, it says in verse 21, How has the faithful city become a harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murders. Now, we can answer this. We know that the church, the, the New Testament churches and congregations were considered a faithful city as long as righteousness lodged in it and the Lord Jesus is righteousness. He is the, the essence of righteousness. And, uh, and as long as he was there, God counted Christ's righteousness in that sense. He saw only Christ and, and did not come to visit for the sins of the church, for the high places that were already uh, in full swing since the very beginning in the first century A.D., and all throughout the church's history. But as soon as Christ left and abandoned the church, then the faithful city, the New Testament church, no longer was considered a faithful city, but God only saw their spiritual fornication. He saw their harlotry. And so the faithful city became a harlot. And and so that's important, that the church was not always a harlot, as God viewed it, but became a harlot, because they involved themselves in spiritual fornication with Babylon, with the kingdom of Satan, with this world. And we can show this from the Bible uh, because God writes about it in a couple of places in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 16, it says in verse 29, Thou hast also committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, great of flesh, and has increased thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore I have stretched out my hand over thee, and have diminished thine ordinary food, and delivered thee unto the will of them that hate thee, the daughters of the Philistines, which are ashamed of thy lewd way. Thou hast played the whore, also with the Assyrians. 
because thou wast unsatiable. Yea, thou hast played the harlot with them, and yet couldst not be satisfied. Thou hast moreover multiplied thy fornication in the land of Canaan unto Chaldea, and yet thou was not satisfied herewith. Chaldea is another name for Babylon. The Babylonians are also known as the Chaldeans. And, and here God indicates the sin of his people is involving themselves with, in spiritual fornication with Egypt, uh, which would represent the world, with the Assyrians. And it was the Assyrians that conquered Israel in the north, Samaria, and Babylon. Um, the Bible actually paints a picture of Israel and then Judah looking at their neighbors, looking at their mighty armies and, and their power and, and the great, uh, kingdoms that they were able to build and, and lusting after their neighbors and also going after the gods of their neighbors and, and they would bring them back. They would bring back the teachings, the the uh, doctrines. They would build the high places for these false gods and bow down to them. And and God took notice, and He was offended because He's a jealous God, and because Israel and Judah had the true God, the only true God. The uh, the other nations had their idols, their false gods. And they weren't even the true God. And so God was greatly offended. And so we read in Ezekiel 23. Um, and I'll read verse 4 because uh, the Lord gives Israel and Jerusalem, um, representing Judah, two names. And, and they in turn would represent the New Testament churches and congregations. In Ezekiel 23 verse 4. And the names of them were Ohola the elder, and Oholabah her sister, and they were mine. And they bare sons and daughters, thus were their names. Samaria is Ohola, and Jerusalem Oholabah. And Ohola played the harlot when she was mine, and she doted on her lovers, on the Assyrians her neighbors. And that's talking again about the ten tribes of Israel in the north, they, first of all, um, they, they doted upon the Assyrians. They um, wanted to be like them. They, they wanted their gods. And as a result, God raised up the Assyrians to assault Samaria, to destroy Samaria, and to take them away. And, and, uh, the Assyrians conquered the ten tribes in the north. Well, uh, Judah, or Jerusalem, was no better. We read, beginning in verse 9. I'll start reading Ezekiel 23, 9. I'm going to read, uh, several verses. So we, we really get the feel for this. Wherefore I have delivered her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians, upon whom she doted. These discovered her nakedness. They took her sons and her daughters and slew her with the sword. And she became famous among women, for they had executed judgment upon her. And when her sister Aholabah 
and that would be Jerusalem. And, and keep in mind, God's talking about the New Testament church. When her sister Aholabah saw this, she was more corrupt in her inordinate love than she, and in her whoredoms more than her sister in her whoredoms. She doted upon the Assyrians, her neighbors, captains and rulers clothed most gorgeously, horsemen riding upon horses, all of them desirable young men. Then I saw that she was defiled, that they took both one way, and that she increased her whoredoms. For when she saw men portrayed upon the wall, the images of the Chaldeans portrayed with vermilion, girded with girdles upon their loins, exceeding in dyed attire upon their heads, all of them princes to look to, after the manner of the Babylonians of Chaldea, the land of their nativity. And as soon as she saw them with her eyes, she doted upon them, and sent messengers unto them into Chaldea. And the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with their whoredom, and she was polluted with them, and her mind was alienated from them. So she discovered her whoredoms, and discovered her nakedness, that my mind was alienated from her, like as my mind was alienated from her sister. Yet she multiplied her whoredoms, in calling to remembrance the days of her youth, wherein she played the harlot in the land of Egypt. For she doted upon their paramours, whose flesh is as the flesh of asses, and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Thus thou callest to remembrance the lewdness of thy youth, in bruising thy teats by the Egyptians for the paps of thy youth. Therefore, O Aholabah, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Behold, I will raise up thy lovers against thee, from whom thy mind is alienated, and I will bring them against thee on every side, the Babylonians, and all the Chaldeans, Pekod, and Shoah, and Koah, and all the Assyrians with them, all of them desirable young men, captains and rulers, great lords and renown, all of them riding upon horses, and they shall come against thee with chariots, wagons, and wheels, and with an assembly of people, which shall set against thee buckler and shield and helmet round about. And I will set judgment before them, and they shall judge thee according to their judgments. Now, I, I wanted to read all that because we can see that historically that Judah followed the pattern that Israel in the north had set of going after a neighboring country with with Israel, Samaria. It was the Assyrians primarily. With Judah, it was the Babylonians. And God raised up the Babylonians as an instrument of judgment to judge Judah, who had involved itself in spiritual fornication, harlotry, or whoredom, they're all the same thing, with the Babylonians and their gods. And as a result, God used them to judge them. Now let's relate this to Satan coming against the churches. Satan, who is typified as the king of Babylon, and Babylon, his kingdom. And and let's ask the question, has the church been enamored with the world? 
has the New Testament church um, towards the end, especially as we've entered into uh, these days uh, of the Great Tribulation, and now these days after the Tribulation, we have an excellent vantage point. We can look back and we can see many of the church's sins. And, and what is behind the church's sins? Why aren't they satisfied with the Word of God, the Bible? Why aren't they satisfied with the faithful King James Version of the Bible? Why aren't they satisfied with bowing down only to God and allowing God to, to govern them, to direct them, by comparing Scripture with Scripture, why don't they submit to the rule of the Word of God in all the churches and say, we only want to do it God's way? Why didn't they tear down their confessions and creeds, these high places in the modern day? And why didn't they just follow the Bible like good King Josiah and rid themselves of these things? Well, because Satan had infiltrated the churches, his emissaries were there, and so the church had a mind also, since there were tares amongst the wheat, since many of those within the congregations were unsaved people themselves, they naturally had an eye towards the world, and they they lusted after the world because They were never changed truly in heart. They were never born again. And, 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 and so going to church just didn't, uh, satisfy them. Following the Bible and the Bible alone wasn't sufficient. It, it didn't, uh, take care of that deep down desire, the lust within them that had never departed, the lust in their heart for the things of the world. So they looked out into the world. And we we can look at any area you want to look at. Look at music. And the church looked at the rock and roll, and they looked at the wonderful music from the world's perspective. It it was so exciting as, as the world has just given itself over to this kind of music. And... And then they looked at the music of the church. Very old-fashioned. Uh, very uh, calming and peaceful music, yes. But it wasn't exciting. It wasn't uh, alluring enough. And so they went after the music of the world. And they brought the beat. And, and they, they brought the tempo. And they brought all the instruments of the world into the church. And... They would add the words of Christ every now and then, throw a couple Bible verses in there. But now they had the music of the world. They lusted after Babylon. They doted upon her neighbors. And they brought the the world's music back to the land of the kingdom of God, to the churches and congregations. And it was idolatrous music. Or we we could look at um, the the excitement that's in the world, the the drama, and and how churches have brought the drama into their preaching, into their sermons, 
in crusades and things like that and and they had people uh weeping and crying and and desiring uh to make a confession of faith to accept Christ it, it was all uh dramatic and exciting and and in so many things so many things they had an eye to the world the the tongues and the falling over backwards and holy laughter, all sprucing up, all um, making the worship service that that dull worship of sitting in pews with a Bible and a hymn book, and and sitting there quietly listening to the teaching of the Word of God. Oh no, not anymore. Now, someone could rise up in a congregation and begin to speak with tongues, and another, and another. Or, now, people could be slain in the Spirit and fall over backwards. Or, even, a, a whole pew full of people could erupt in holy laughter. It, it was bringing the, the visible, bringing the outward, bringing the things of the world, because that's how the world operates in the physical realm, in exciting things and things that are seen, and things that that you can touch and feel and know, this is the hand of God. And it was all idolatrous. It was all uh, another gospel. And, and yet they brought it back. And in doing so, God used this fornication that the church was involved with, with Babylon, the world, to destroy the church. These things that they lusted after were a means of their destruction. Babylon conquered the New Testament churches and congregations. Satan ruled. The world ruled the church. The, the holy word of God, the, the excellent, outstanding King James Version, gave way. And, and now we had good news for, for modern men and, and, uh, we have a version for, uh, teenagers and a version of the Bible just for women and a version for this and a version for that. And there's dozens and dozens of versions and it's all Babylon. It's all the world that has not infiltrated but overran and completely conquered and destroyed the church. So the church is the world today. In every congregation, in every denomination on the face of the earth, Babylon has taken it over. Satan was ruling within throughout the 23 years, and therefore Babylon was the victor. Babylon was triumphant. But in our verse now, God is turning around and saying, all right, that time is over with. Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And we've already seen how God speaks of Babylon as being a cup of wrath in his hand to give to his people to drink. And now Babylon must drink double of the uh, destruction she brought. She will be destroyed double. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.